It's now time for a very voicemail edition. Nope, that's not true. It's now time for a very mailbag edition of Game Pass or Pass, the podcast where we normally talk about games that we play on Game Pass service and tell you which games to pass to your friends and which games to simply pass on by. But this time, we're doing a little bit of your questions and answers. We got about four or five questions here that have come in over the past couple of weeks. Appreciate it. Again, unfortunately, in September, uh, we just did not have time to record. So we're, we're making up for it in October. I should probably introduce us. I'm Corey. I'm joined by the, the mail carrier himself, Basher. I thought about doing that, uh, actually, but I, I, I realized I don't like walking in the snow. Yeah, yeah, certain climates I would not um, not do that. But luckily, we we have the technology where this stuff was delivered and there was no snow involved. So we're going to hop right into it. These are your questions. Some of them are about Game Pass, some of them aren't, but we're going to hop in and just talk about it. The most recent one being, what do you guys think about the closure of Stadia? Do you think it will affect Microsoft's vision of cloud gaming i changed that a little bit because your grammar was wrong but um i'm devastated i'm beside myself what are we going to do stadia the 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 cloud killer jeez is these who would have thought google would axe a platform so soon like who saw that coming guys what i'll say is like it honestly lasted longer than i thought it was going to when 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 google said that they were closing down their internal studios i was like yep that nope not that ain't gonna happen um here here's what i'll say and we've talked about stadia when it was first announced i think on our state of game pass we were like yeah like other people are getting into cloud gaming um we're not ready for a exclusive cloud gaming platform and if we were or if Google was going to try it, I still say, and I will say to every single time, the business model made no sense. You had to pay for the games, which is fine. But then if you wanted to pay for them and play them in higher fidelity, like the 4K 120 and to get proper surround sound and HDR and things, you had to pay $10 a month on top of that. It's the Netflix model. It's, but it's, it's if, if, it's Netflix if you also had to buy the movies. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, like exactly. I don't, that's the part. And they're the same price. Like, why would anybody pick Stadia over anything else? And the answer always was, is like, well, you don't have to buy the console. It's like, yes, but over the life of the product, you're going to end up spending more. Like, if you care about things like graphic fidelity and such, you're not streaming. You're not. It's just that simple. If you're like me and like, you know what? No, like I, I have an Atmos setup. I have a 4K TV. I have HDR. I'm not going to stream. I'm just not going to because I care about those things. And I know that the streaming quality won't be as good. A. B. And on the flip side, if you're not, if you don't care about that, the price still doesn't make sense for what you're getting. Right. Like this doesn't make any sense. Like from the, from the very beginning. Right. And, and B, if, if you were going to try to convince me to use Stadia, th- you you had to present it in a way to the hardcore gamer that made sense financially or from a gameplay perspective. And they, they offered a lot of things when they first talked about Stadia, about how they're doing all these exclusive features and like developers were going to be able to do exclusive things and it had all this power. And then when they were going to, um, uh, you know, like there, there was no console. So it's like when... 
they're going to be up, able to upgrade the hardware and the, the hardware at the time was more powerful than the series X, you know, like, or the, the one X cause the series X wasn't out yet. And it's just like, that's all fine and dandy. But then you had ports of like cyberpunk and red dead redemption too, that looked worse than the series or the one X version. So it's just like, they made all these promises and all those other features that they talked about when it came to exclusive multiplayer features, like being able to have a stream of your other players on a second screen. None of that stuff was there. So it, more expensive games because you had to pay on top of it to get the higher fidelity. Plus the games cost the same amount. What were you thinking? I just, I'm not surprised in the slightest at all. <laughs> I don't. And the thing is, like a lot of gamers, <clears throat> although it's a large, a vocal, I would say, a vocal minority of uh, console stands who who just go to bat for the console and never switch and all that good stuff. Um, but I think a majority of people who I think was sort of the audience, like not just gamers, but just people who wanted to game but didn't know, didn't want to jump down in this deep rabbit hole of which console to get. I, I believe a lot of people, if you just present them with games and features, you can turn a few heads to say, look at all, look at all the ports we got. Doesn't do much. Like, especially to the game, like, Advertising to the gamer, look, you can play Assassin's Creed here. Like, so what? I'm I'm already playing it on my Series X. Right. Like, 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 why am I switching for this? It it reminds me one of the things of, of the Wii U. Like what? when the Wii U was coming out, like they announced Project Cafe at the time. I was like, look at this tablet. Look at all the things we're going to be able to do. And then like the third party stuff came out, and it was like, oh cool, you can have your map on it. And it's just like, <laughs> right. and it's like. Okay. It's like, also, it doesn't look as good or run as good as the other two platforms. And it's just like, like you have to take advantage of those things. And it, it blew my mind that that first year that that's the, the Wii U came out, they didn't have a plethora of third party developers, at least coming to the stage and being like, this is why Tomb Raider will be best on Wii U. This is why Mass Effect 3 will be best on Wii U. This is why Call of Duty Black Ops will be best on Wii U. Look what we've done with this technology. And none of them did that. It's the same thing with Stadia. Just like they presented no reason to to not to to leave the platform you already like. <laughs> One of the other things that really baffled me was the idea of the Alphabet Company. I think it's called. Isn't that the, the company that owns yeah, Google Alphabet. or yeah. the, the the umbrella company? You guys like. Billion dollar company. If anyone said we're entering the game market and I turn ahead and acknowledge them, it would be like when Microsoft said it. Like Microsoft was a billion dollar company. It still is. When they said we're entering the market, it's like, really? Okay, let's let's see what you got. Because you have the bankroll to do this. Google even more so. So what threw me off immediately was that first year, you guys didn't grab every single high profile developer that you could and just be like, 
here's money, make an exclusive. Like, here, like, let's get an exclusive Kojima game. Let's get an exclusive Bethesda game. Let's get an exclusive, like, you have the cash to do it. Like, and then, so, to build off that, stories started coming out of the, uh, just kind of garbage deals they were making with small developers. Yeah. Like they, they, they weren't paying developers anything more actually in most, a lot of times less than they would, than they were getting on steam or PlayStation or Microsoft or even Nintendo. Like, so you have this bankroll, you won't use it. You offer developers pennies and you expect to compete. I don't understand. Yeah, and from from a, a development standpoint as well as it's not like you it was an easy port process either, and that's that's evident by the fact that supposedly this thing has way more power than the One X and the the PlayStation Four Pro did at the time. Um, you know, they advertised like it was like eight point four teraflops or whatever, and the One X was six point four teraflops or six teraflops, and the CPU was so much better. But those games looked worse, so clearly the the, the development process was not a simple port job kind of thing. So you want them to port to this, but you also don't want to pay them. And it's like, it it reeks of just like somebody, and of course it's Phil Harrison who ran it, because if you know anything about him, you know, he's gone from company to company. Um, I digress. But um, it, it reeks of, of somebody saying like, yeah, we could do that. And not getting the right people involved and understanding what it actually takes to to be successful in the games industry. And like you said, exclusive games are a huge part of it. But the other thing is, is relationships, the relationships with publishers of, of them trusting you and you being able to go to them and say, look, we're going to put all our force and weight behind this kind of thing. We need content here. Let's make a deal. Like you had nothing, you had none of those relationships involved. And every once in a while you get a game coming out on Stadia, but it's just the sell to the consumer and the developer didn't make sense. And I can't help but feel like Amazon and, and Microsoft have a little bit better grasp on this. And actually, we're going to pivot into the next question, uh, which says, do you think the price of Xbox Game Pass will go up because of inflation as well as Sony increasing the price of the PlayStation 5 recently? Um, on that, I don't think you can sell cloud gaming on its own. I just don't think we're there yet. Um, you also had the idiot responses of of Google, idiotic responses of Google when they like data caps, data caps are a very real thing in a lot of parts of this country and streaming 4K video is extremely intensive on your data cap. And a lot of people have a data cap of a terabyte or 1.2 terabytes. And like, that's not a ton of time. If you're living by yourself, maybe, but if you have multiple people in your household streaming video, you're going to eat that data cap super fast. And Google's response was like, well, ISPs pay attention to this stuff and they'll fix it. Like how out of touch of reality can you be <laughs> to, to have that be your response of the ISPs got your back? Like, hello. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. And, 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 and I think you hit the nail on the head when you said uh, you can't just do cloud gaming. And Google, who offers so many freaking services, Again, who better to say, here's cloud gaming and Google like Drive or Plus. Matter of fact, we're throwing in Google, we're throwing YouTube TV. All for one flat rate. 
like you you can make a killing there youtube uh premium the, the thing you're trying to get everyone in on so like throw that into the cloud right. gaming to stadia like like the subscriber numbers will double because how many like i can see people almost making a case for themselves to get it like a deal so good like well, I watch YouTube anyway. I already have Gmail. Right. It, it's like it's the Apple thing. Them. Like Apple does that with Apple One. You know, like, yeah, you can get Apple Music for 10 bucks a month or you can get iCloud, Apple TV Plus, Apple Arcade, Apple Music, Apple News, whatever. And it's only 15. Like, it's like, well, I already have Apple Music and you know what? I do use my iPad. So like, yeah, I will subscribe to this. Like I have an Apple One thing I did for a while, but Ask me how many times that I've, I've used Apple Arcade. I, I own right. two Apple TVs, never even opened the app. <laughs> like, I just don't care. But in my mind, like, oh, I'll, I'll, yeah, that sounds like a good deal. Like, No, I, I mean, that's, that's really how we work as right. consumers. Like, the deal's too good. I'm losing money if I don't right. do it. Like, they did nothing. Stadia, to your point, should have been bundled with a suite of Google content and instead they made it its own separate service that has nothing to do with anything else. Google and is simply a gaming platform and an already dominated and crowded market. Like this is no way this is like you were dead on arrival. Right. And so, and, and to pivot this into the, the game pass question of, of prices and stuff, um, it's funny as we were, we were talking about this and this is probably what like sort of put it in my mind. It's like, yeah, I, I do think we're, we're, we are approaching that time that game pass is probably going to go up right now. Um, the question is, is that like, I don't want to say why, cause that's, that's not what I want to say, but I, I guess, yeah. So I think the, I think the price of game pass will go up in 2023. What, what do you think? Oh, uh, Absolutely. Uh, if not sooner than later, yeah. um, and, and it was it was always going to go right. up. It's like, I, in my opinion, this price that we're paying right now and have been paying for Game Pass, basic or ultimate, uh, it was always an introductory get you hooked price. Um, they did the same thing multiple times with their previous services, including micro, uh, Xbox Live Gold. Every like they always go up once once they get you hooked, once they get you in the system, once they let you know that this is too good to be true, that's when they hit you with. Now the price is going up, and and that's not a. And I don't see that to be pessimistic or that like it's a bad thing. It's, it's basic business. Like let's get them in the door. If they like it, they'll love it, and they'll want to stay. With the recent. Um, adjunction of PlayStation Plus. So like PlayStation Plus now has the three-tier system, the $9.99 for um, just the basic play online, $14.99 for the, the catalog of games, and then the 18 bucks a month, and you get the catalog as well as like the demos and then the the streaming of the, the classic games. Like the thing is, is that Sony still doesn't put their first party stuff on their day one. Um, like there is like, um, like Demon Souls is on there. I think Ghost, Ghost of Stush... Ghosts of Tsushima is on there. Um, I th- I want to say Miles Morales is on there. So like some of their big stuff is on there. 
Um, but when it comes to day one stuff, it's still not there. And they've basically come out and said specifically, like, we're not doing that. And I, which uh, I kind of respect. I mean, they have a quasi Nintendo model of we make better exclusives so they can kind of rest on that. I think they think that. Oh, no, they do. And, and unfortunately their consumers, I don't, I hate to use the word brainwash because that's, I, I don't, that sounds more mean than I mean it to be, but it's like, there was a, like the Xbox one era was so detrimental for Microsoft that Sony was able to come in and, and be like, look, we make better games. And the thing was, is they do <laughs> like, like they did. They, they came in that era. There was nothing like uncharted. There was nothing like God of war three, the PlayStation four. There was, you know, all of the, all the exclusives, the bloodborne, the, the infamous, the, what's the name of the game, the order, like all of these games that even people didn't super love. They still had the uncharted fours. They had the last of us. They had the last of us two. Like, Anytime a Sony game hit, Microsoft really couldn't compete. And the thing is, is like, yeah, their, their games are still at a premium. However, they've managed to convince their consumers that their games are just like on another level. Like, th- like they're not possible at other studios. And I just don't agree with that anymore. And it, and it, <laughs> and, and it wasn't that like, to me, I think. No. Yeah, to me, like I think there was a fine difference of it's not that the, the, those games weren't possible. It's just Microsoft wasn't investing that way. They were not investing in those AAA experiences like a Ghost of Tsushima. I mean, they tried, kind of. Yeah, but... like they had a lot of bad bets. Like Scalebound didn't work out for them. Phantom Dust didn't work out for them. Crackdown didn't work out for them. Like we all know what happened with Halo. Like they had a lot of bad bets. They had some good ones like Sunset Overdrive and Killer Instinct. Like they had good games, but they were just not they were not investing in the same way. And so their games looked inferior. But the thing is, is like, I don't, I have played horizon. I have played demon souls. I have played ratchet and clank. Like I have played the marquee titles on the PlayStation five and they are good games. Do not get me wrong, but they are not these experiences that other developers just aren't putting out. Like there's nothing anymore. Yeah. Like there's, the the balance has has shifted back in that third party developers are making games that are sometimes better than Sony stuff, and you're you're even starting to see it with some of the reviews. Like, what's not Immortals? What's the heck's name of that game? Horizon Forbidden West did not light up the review charts the way the original God of War did. You know what did Elden Ring? Like Elden Ring is that game that is is catching the imagination of everybody. When was like Immortals Phoenix? Jesus horizon horizon <laughs> forbidden West came yeah. out. Nobody's talking about that game anymore. Oh, I mean, few people talked about it when it first, when it, even when it launched, right. I mean, I, I, I think that really like critically it was, it was, it was, I think it was, it was, loved, it was but good, I mean, but it was not the 90 plus that the original and right. the God of Wars and Ghost of Tsushima were like, and that's because at that time, in my opinion, those games were a step above. Like they really were. They're just, they were investing in ways that, that other developers weren't, but those scales are starting to sort of tip back now. And I'm looking at that. Like I love ratchet and clank solid 8.5 out of 10. Like it is not a 10 out of 10 game. Demon souls is a remake. Yeah. It looks incredible, but it's still that game. Horizon is, I like the first one more. Like I look at stuff like God of war Ragnarok that's coming out. And like, I'm going to play that game. It looks fun, but I'm looking at it and I'm like, that's still a cross gen game. Like 
and you're charging me 70 bucks for it now. That's kind of rough, man. Like, I, I just, I don't see that anymore. And th- to tie this all back in, for them to not be putting their games day one in PlayStation Plus, I'm not mad at them for it, but this mentality and their consumers are, are backing them up like that their games are just beyond what is out there. I'm just like, eh, I don't know about that one, Chief. Like, <laughs> No, I mean, I, I mean, as a PlayStation guy on this on this podcast, like, I mean, I, I've told this story before. The reason I have an Xbox Series X is because I was, I got the PlayStation email saying, registered to buy PS5, bought the PS5, sold it, got my Xbox One X because, Series X, because there's simply nothing out for it and nothing coming out for it. And as much as a PS fanboy as I am, I still admit that they always start super freaking slow. Yeah, for sure. Like, like, like the like the PlayStation system isn't isn't a viable system until year what four five. Like, it is really incredibly slow after after PS two era. Well, PS three had a lot of hidden gems like like Demon Souls, um, but that's the thing they don't have anymore. They don't have these hidden gems anymore. They don't have these smaller, even the smaller studios aren't pushing out stuff like Super Stardust SD on a regular basis. Instead, they're making them make games as big or, or Or, or or not even as big as, as intensive as like, um, uh, return. Like they, you can't pump something like that out on a regular basis. I I think they need to really go back to the well of, smaller more frequent and less roll downhill from there and I, I think a lot of that has shifted too is because a lot of developers are going to switch like a lot of those smaller developers are going to switch because people buy stuff on switch like i don't it's amazing how many times games sell on switch like yes first party games sell a plethora more but some of those indie games really take off on switch for sure. And you got companies like Square Enix out there that are really pushing a lot of their smaller games like Octopath Traveler on Switch. And Sony is getting that stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. But with also the Game Pass model of Microsoft coming out and, and, and basically paying a lot of these developers to say, hey, launch on launch on Xbox and we're going we're gonna to put you in Game Pass. Like, it it's they're not leveraging those those titles the way that they used to. And Absolutely yeah, not. and that's and that's fine. But when you have them out there talking about, you know, $70 games and you have cross-gen games, like God of War Ragnarok is a cross-gen game, which is totally fine. I do not dislike cross-gen games. However, I do. I, actually. I, I don't, if, if I had my way, like, yeah, I don't want them, but I will never fault a developer for saying, look, we're going to target as many people as we want. I'm like, okay, don't agree, but hey, I get it. For them to charge $70 for that seems disingenuous because it's the same thing as the series X or the one X and the PS4 pro were. And that it's like, no, we're just going to get better versions of that game. The, the, the PS4 version of God of war Ragnarok is not going to be drastically different than the PS5 version. The PS5 version is going to run at 60 frames and a higher frame rate. And you want me to now pay 13 bucks with tax after that? Like that seems disingenuous. Which is why Xbox has the leverage you're talking about to say, 
we're raising the prices on you right. guys. And like, what, what, what are we going? Like, what am I as a PlayStation fan? But what am I going to do? Go screw that, Microsoft. I'm not paying an extra twenty bucks a ten. Would I have a much money a month and give up an absurd amount of titles and day one releases? I want to go pay $70 plus tax on my for God of War and then wait another seven months for a game right. to come out. Like, like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And it, it's, it's tough because like, and, and I don't, I don't want this to sound like we're, we're hating on Sony. Cause like I'm a PS five owner. Like there's just a lot of stuff that I, I just, I'm not comfortable with, with them. And game pass has been okay this year. Like in terms of, new stuff like i know like we we have passed on more games than we ever have but when it comes to new stuff like i i can't really think of like a a home run you know like like a triple a game that they had that was like a home run that you didn't know was coming to the service and stuff like that like they haven't had that so the value has it's from a consumer standpoint of the hardcore gamer because we have this weird like almost fetish of of being like Oh, if that game doesn't cost $60, I don't want to play it. And there was a lot of that when Game Pass was first coming out of like Outriders. We talked about Outriders a lot in this podcast. Outriders is a solid 7 out of 10 game. I got that DLC. (laughs) Did you really? Yes. Sadly. Why? I'm so confused. Um, Drunken Nights and stuff, whatever. uh So like when that came out, people were like, oh man, Game Pass, best game ever or best deal ever. And it's like, yeah, because you got a $60 game that you're normally going to play, blah, 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 blah. But like I look at something like Tinykin. Tinykin's a better game than Outriders, like hands down. Like I like Outriders, but Tinykin is a much better game. But this, there's this weird thing of just like people look at the Game Pass drop and they're like, oh god, this is garbage. Like it's because it doesn't have those sixty dollars titles on it. Like sometimes it does. And so there's this weird just like like push and pull of whether Game Pass has been worth its value or not this year. And I I think that's crazy. The amount of titles that we have played, while they're not AAA titles that are just fun games that I enjoy playing, has been high this year. And that's why that's what I go to Game Pass for. And so yes, I think they will increase the price. I think they're gonna increase it by about five bucks each way. I think regular Game Pass is gonna go to 15. I think Ultimate is gonna go to 20. And even at 20 bucks, I'm going 10. Like it's still a stupid good deal. Like, like especially next year, I think they're going to be able to do it because you've got Starfield coming out. Starfield is, is a huge bet for them. That is the next Bethesda RPG. Like that is going to be big. It's going to be huge and it's going to be not good. I'm calling it. I think it's going to be fine, but the people that play those games absolutely love those games. And I totally understand them. And it's that is what it is. You know, like it is what it is, but they can increase the price again to $20 and that, that deal still looks really strong. Whereas you've got the competition now who now charges 15 for something that's similar, but they, you don't get the day one game. You don't get the Starfields. you know? So like that's, that's where I think that they can leverage it. And they also have Forza coming out Q1. Like, and there's rumors that Fable's hitting next year as well as Hellblade. So like, not to do the the funny thing of like wait till next year but like the the culmination of of them buying all these studios it feels like it's about to start paying off you've got redfall starfield forza and what's the other one i know i'm missing one there's something that i'm missing like those are the ones that are announced for next year 
And that's like $240 or you can spend $240 for the whole year and get all the other games with it. Like the value proposition is still there in a super strong way. So yeah, I think it will go up for that reason. And we talked about this and I think that the insanely smart thing to do would be it's time to get rid of gold. Like just do it. <laughs> like paying to play online is stupid. Sony still does it. Nintendo now does it. And Microsoft does it. There is not a better PR win than saying, look, you can now play for free on Xbox, play your call of duty, play your blah, 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 play your blah, whatever now free over here. But we're also increasing the price of game pass. Like, I think that's a, a win win for them because I don't think anyone's going to now think that game pass ultimate is not worth it because I think you can still look at the proposition of having game pass on PC, having cloud streaming and game pass on console. And you're still be like, okay, that's worth it to me. And you can still have your base game pass for 15 on, 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 um, either PC or console. And you don't have to worry about the online play anymore. That's still comparable now to the competition at $15 of saying, I get the same thing over here and I get the day one games. Like, that's still a super, super strong proposition. Plus you get the PR win of saying, Hey, you don't have to pay to play over here. Like that's super strong. I think, I think that would be a huge win for them, but that's just me. Oh, just do it. Just, just absolutely do it. I mean, again, like the way, the way, the way the zeitgeist works is the fanboys carry the torches for these, for these companies. So by making it free, in quotation marks, when it's really just rolled into the price of Game Pass, you will see a bunch of fanboys on NeoGAF saying, look, we get to play for free right. while paying an extra five, ten bucks a month. Like, they don't, they'll, 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 they'll carry that, that positive media presence for sure. Right. And the, the, the last question we're going to talk about here is, is the Activision deal, you know, um, that is still, I don't want to say in limbo, but that still hasn't closed yet. And the, and the question here that I closed the page, sorry. Let me see if I can get it back up. With a lot of pushback from UK regulators about the Activision Game Pass deal, do you think Microsoft will be successful in this merger? Uh, it's not really a merger. First of all, it is more of a acquisition, um, not to be pedantic. Absolutely. But, um, no, I don't, I don't think there's any way that this stops. <laughs> like... Oh no! I mean, all that means is someone in UK says you're not paying me enough. Like, can you do right. that? The more monies, please. Thank right, you. and like that's- that that plays a huge factor into next year. Of I think that deal will close next year, and I think that they're trying to get it closed in time for Diablo. Diablo on Game Pass, well, that'd be huge, man. Like, <laughs> let me let me say this as a Game Pass subscriber, as a Game Pass. Supporter, even uh, if I had my way, the EU would break it up. They would stop the merger. I don't. I'm never. I've never been a fan of just major acquisition in the gaming industry. I don't. I, I, I personally do not support it. However, I get it. It's weird saying that as is as a subscriber. Like, it's, it only benefits me, but. I'm personally against it. So if by some weird way they do close it or, or not close it, but uh, break that up, like I'd be a hundred percent down for that. Honestly. 
Yeah, I I'm with you in that. When when the deal was first announced, I was I I kind of didn't care. Um, that's not true. I was just like, eh, whatever. Like, Activision's not a failing company or anything. Call of Duty's still the biggest thing in the world, but Call of Duty going exclusive at the time, we thought. Um, I was like, I don't like, yeah, that, that, that's big ramifications, but at the same time, like it does create competition in a way. And I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I was just like, eh, like we'll see now it's this, you know, Phil Spencer talks out of his, both sides of his mouth all the time. You know, like when we had the Bethesda deal, he's just like, this is about bringing exclusive games to game pass. And now we've got the Activision deal. And he's just like, no, we're going to keep, we're going to keep call of duty on everything. Like why, why would that would doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Why would we keep, why would we make it exclusive? And it's just like, whatever, man. Like I still think Phil Spencer's a yeah. smart guy. And I think he's, he's a, he's a very smart guy. Like if, if like he, like he's doing extremely well for, for, for Microsoft and in, in, in the gaming section of it for sure. Uh, but there just as, a person who just wants better games and I feel like you get the best games out of competition. I feel like Microsoft doing what Microsoft does in the business sector and just by saying, okay, we're getting beat out. Let's, let's just buy them. I think it kills creativity. Um, and I'm hoping with all these major acquisitions that hopefully this actually in a way steps up or makes PlayStation want to step up their process of how they make games and how often they put stuff out because it's, I think worldwide lifetime sales so far PlayStation still has Microsoft by about 5 million consoles it's not a, it's not it's not a huge lead and on top of that Microsoft has Game Pass subscribers onto a lot of these consoles. So it's like they don't even care that they're behind in, in sales. Whereas PlayStation needs people to buy these consoles and they need people to buy these, these exclusive games for the attachment rate. I mean that's that's where that's where the the, the the money comes from. And it's and it's going to be a lot harder if they don't do something to counteract this act these this latest acquisition. You don't have the we won't have the Diablo. I believe soon soon enough. Like that, it won't be this year. It probably won't be next year. It might be next year. It might be the next installment. It won't be this installment, obviously. But Call of Duty, I think, might go exclusive. And at some point, you're going to need a shooter. You're going to need you're going to need a dungeon crawl. You're going to need these games. And I feel like this is the perfect time to say. Hey guys, go out and make these games for us. Like instead of putting all your eggs in the God of War basket once a year, go out and just start making these cool games again. Like not everything needs to be 60, 60 frames, 120 Like just make it, just make cool games. Like when you go back into the PlayStation timeline, PlayStation library, PlayStation history, games like, look at it. The perfect example would be Demon Souls. That game, when it came out, looked like crap, played like crap. It was all around a crap game, but there was a premise there. A premise that people really jumped onto. And now look at what the Souls games are now. You don't need 
to put all your eggs in these huge baskets and you, you can really just keep that brand going. You can compete with something as big as Game Pass just by putting out better games. Because as you said earlier, this has not been a great year for Game Pass. And there will be a lot of years where it won't be a great year for Game Pass. All they all Sony or even Nintendo's, which is already doing, has to do is make better games and people will still beat those drums. Yeah, I I think Microsoft is is I don't think Call of so there's all the talk about Call of Duty and exclusivity, and they're like, no, like the next three iterations will be on PlayStation, but that includes Modern Warfare 2, that includes Warzone 2 and whatever the game after that is. Right. And then after that, they were yep. saying like, oh, like we offered Sony three years and they said no. And like, and I think for the first time they said that Call of Duty is taking a year off next year. So like the, exclu- the, the exclus- exclusivity thing um, is very easy to manipulate because all, all Microsoft has to do is say, hey, look, we offered it to them. They said no. Um, and Sony has been out there very much saying like, we don't, we don't support this. We don't, we don't think this is a good idea. It's going to kill creativity. There's no other company in the world that can make a game like call of duty. So like, you know, it, it's a lot of corporate speak between two Titans that are fighting and I can't help but roll my eyes at both of them. Exactly. Yep. And it's just like, whatever, like call of duty going exclusive. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing is, I know that people love to to crap talk Call of Duty and we always sound like Call of Duty defenders of like, look, I like Call of Duty, man. I like Call of Duty. It's a fun game. They're not bad. Yeah. Like there's some bad ones here and there. I really didn't like Vanguard. I'm not alone in that one. A lot of people did not like Vanguard. Ghost is a terrible, terrible video game. But like there's ones that even that people love to crap talk like Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. A lot of people bought that game. I didn't love that game, but I still played it for far more than a lot of other games that year, you know, like, but when Call of Duty hits hard, like Modern Warfare 2019 did, like those games hit hard and they make up a lot of revenue for these companies. When you keep 30% of, of 20 million copies sold, that is a lot of money that goes into your pocket. Like, Call of Duty is still that Titan. So Call of Duty going exclusive is a huge problem for Sony's financially or Sony's fine. Sony's financials. Like do not mistake. That is a huge problem for them. That going away cuts a huge chunk of their money out every year, which is why I don't think it's going to go exclusive. I think they're going to complain and moan about it uh, because that's what they're going to do. But there's no way that this is stopping. I don't think there's, any way that Microsoft does not close this deal. I don't think there's any way that Call of Duty does not end up on Game Pass. Everything that they get, Diablo will be on Game Pass. And while they're still going to be available on other consoles, there is no way those games do not end up on Game Pass because that is the biggest advertisement for Microsoft is that they don't have to keep it exclusive because all they have to do is say, look, 70 bucks over here, Game Pass over here. And eventually... You're stupid not right, to do yeah. it. You're stupid not to yeah. do it. Like it's... It is just it is just revenue sitting there for them, and the only the only uh, argument that they would have on the other side is, well, I get to keep my game. Sure, which I know that's a a very common thing, but you look at the attachment rate for digital to physical, and people nobody cares. Very few people care. 
and I, I can't help but say I like I used to care more than I do now. Yes, I remember you like, did. Yeah, uh, like I remember you were you you're a big you're a big proponent of like getting getting that physical. But I mean, I I was, I was an early adopter of I think uh, one of the earlier adopters of just kind of like no, just make it all digital because like and only because people's um what do you call it uh their argument for that was well I want to go play Legend of Legend of a Dragoon when I want to and it's like no you don't you don't. Like you're not playing, you're not playing Chrono Cross again. You're not playing Chrono. You're not like you're not you're not playing Call of Duty, like the like Call of Duty One OG again. Like you're not doing that again. Like I know you want to, you want to have the ability ability to, but you're just not. And to pay and, and to pay full price for something you're not going to end up doing anyway is like I, I don't think most gamers are being realistic with that argument. For, for me, a lot of it was. Uh, of being able to to value my purchase a little bit more, but as well as let people borrow it. But the thing is, is those style of games just don't happen anymore. Like how many times does a game come out that I, that someone wants to borrow? Like most of the time, no, everyone's buying a copy to play together. And with digital sharing, you know, like I, it it it's not a it's not a thing you're supposed to be able to do. But people have found their ways around it to where like every game, like my buddy and I on Xbox, we just alternate every game, you know, and so like I you know I buy something and he buys something and we're able to play together and I do that with a friend on Switch and I do that with you on PlayStation like so the big thing is as long as one other person gets to enjoy it and you you have a friend that can that can I don't want to say help you but you know that goes in with it on you you cut your you cut your 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 spend in half and that was a huge proponent for me and as time goes on digital sharing is going to get better you know there there's the Xbox family or Xbox Game Pass family plan that's come out in several markets it will come out here like it again is it is becoming too easy which is a bad thing to give up our rights to our games however from a financial standpoint and the fact that i will die one day i am i, I don't care as much just simply because it's like like <laughs> and that that's what it is it's just like look it cost me half as much to do this maybe i'll want to go back and play this again i still have that option though going digital but the thing is it's like that physical doesn't offer me much anymore except that it's more expensive and like you said with backwards compatibility microsoft is doing a really good job in that field of being like if you want to play this go back and do it and I'm, i've never been someone that's like oh no thousands of people hundreds of millions of people do it i am one of those people that if i want to go back and play something i will it doesn't mean i'm going to go back and dump 50 hours into it i cannot tell you how many times i've played the opening three chapters to max Payne and put it down sometimes i want to go back and do that it's fun i can do that a lot of times on xbox but we're also getting to the point now the technology is like it's actually easier for me to just do it on my computer like not that i condone piracy but if i would say it's much easier to get something that rhymes with schmemulator and (laughs) and and play those games like dude like people people i remember people were jumping down my throat talking about like well you can never play those ps2 titles ever again i'm like and fast forward to now because this was like what 15 years ago now like fast forward to now, it's like you have the schmemulator on your phone. Right. Like it's ridiculous. Like you don't need to pay these people absorbent amounts of money just to play older titles anymore. And then the older titles that you want to play, like 
like I get I I see the um the headlines every now and then of Ubisoft shuts down this server, Microsoft shuts down this server. Like I'm like I'm sorry to all 300 of you that was still playing Halo 2 online at the time before like the Master Chief Collection, but like it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense. And I'm not arguing for business. I, I, I like obviously, but like does it make good business sense to pay this amount of money a year for servers that a thousand people are on? Like it's time to move on at some point. Again, and it's like you said, I, I'm not, I'm not advocating for business, but it's just like, not that people don't care, but it's just like, it's so small that like, I, I, I don't want to say, I don't feel sorry for you, but it's like, look, man, that that's life. Like I don't, <laughs> It yeah, really and like is. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. And like, look, if, in a perfect world, like, yeah, I, I wish the original Xbox servers were on because I would love to throw an Unreal Championship too. Crimson skies right. all day. I'm like, doing I it. would love to be able to do that. However, I'd have to like physically go around and call some friends and be like, "Hey, man, <laughs> pull out your copy of Crimson <laughs> Skies or pull out your copy of Unreal Championship 2. And like, with the power of the internet, you can do that. You still can go and play those games online if you really want to. There are avenues to do it. So like it, it's, it's a, it's not a great situation, but yeah, it's yeah. To, to, to wrap this up. Cause that's our last question. We will do a state of game pass at the end of the year. Maybe we'll get more information on Activision and all that. Um, but no, like the industry is, is in a weird spot right now because I think another big proponent of, of, of the series X S and PS five is that, I think those gen I think these generations are going to be a little bit longer because of the pandemic. I feel like we we lost a year and a half to 2 years because of just teams not exactly sure what was going to happen. A lot of teams have started working from home, so those ideas of of shipping only Series X games or only PS5 games, it it wasn't as strong as it used to be and and Sony was really shady about it and they were just being like you know, they announced Miles Morales and they announced, um, there's a couple other things. I don't remember what it was. It was Miles Morales and, oh, God of War and something else they announced as, uh, was, was it Horizon? It might've been Horizon. They made it seem like those were PS5 only games. And then it kind of came out later, like, no, those are also coming to PS4. Uh, Gran Turismo, that's what it was. And then they were like, well, we didn't, we weren't going to bring Gran Turismo 7 to PS4, but we decided that we could do it. And I know that really upsets people. Um, but what I'll say is like, I feel like the pandemic really stinted us in that and that I feel like we're going to now just starting in 2023, it feels like we're going to start next gen finally kind of thing. There's going to be less crossover. There's going to be more next gen only stuff, um, you know, stuff like Hellblade, stuff like Spider-Man 2, that stuff is going to come. And I think we're going to, it's going to start evening out kind of thing. However, as a consumer, you know, like it's getting harder and harder to I'm feeling it too. Like I'm feeling it exactly how, how everyone else is. And these, you know, Sony charging $70 for games really hurt. Like it really hurts. Whereas I've got game pass over here and yeah, I don't, I'm going to play God of war, but the only reason I'm, I'm even willing to get it is because I can share that digital purchase with somebody and $70 after tax is like 78 bucks. And like, that is a lot for a video game these days, especially when it's cross gen. Never right. doing it. Yeah. Never. This is like and the only reason uh, I would have gotten God of War anyways because my cousin purchased the PS5. So I'm like, I'll go in half with you. Right. Like it's the only way. I'm not the idea of purchasing a game at seventy dollars compared to a service where where, where it's fifteen a month. You could play through that whole game, put it down, play through another whole game. 
just it's just it's it's actually kind of yeah, dumb. It is, and and I know people want to have the the conversation of Game Pass is is making games worse and all that, and it's just like we'll go we'll go into that in the Game Pass of the year, but it's like, bro, like you cannot look at Game Pass and blame it for that because the entire industry was doing this. Right. Industry. Be- before industry Game Pass, right? Way. Because of microtransactions, because of the rising cost of, of, of game development and stuff. Like we can argue all day long about that. I just don't stand I think that argument doesn't hold a lot of weight. So all right. That thanks everyone writing in. Um also uh, include your names because I know I never say that, but I don't know who you are. So your phone number <laughs> doesn't help me. Um but to everyone that wrote in, appreciate it. Um we're gonna be talking talking about some games coming up but scorn's coming out i've been playing some other stuff you've been playing some stuff so we're going to make up for september here in october um and then november probably gonna be a little bit lighter again but then december we've got game of the year and all that fun stuff game of the year is going to be we're gonna have to set aside probably like a day for game of the year <laughs> actually no, i was thinking about that actually not, not really because because i would say half the passes are just we could eyeball like those are, those are good, but they're not. Great. See, and I I started doing that already, and I honestly like I we say this every year, but this year it's it's like it's like Microsoft and E three. Just wait till next year. Um, <laughs> the there's a lot of games that I think are really good, but the thing is, is there are no like standout. Oh, I like, gotcha. Yes, that's where right. Like tough. like this this is the best game of the year, and it's like. Right. I really like this game, but is it better than this game kind of thing? So we will see. Um, and originally Starfield was going to be kind of the, the Starfield and Redfall were going to be kind of like the weird wrenches. Cause it's like, well, those are going to be those triple A experiences, but those got pushed to next year. So, and we'll talk about Microsoft's lineup next year and stuff like that. Um, and our state of the game pass, stuff like that. So, right. That's going to do this episode, this bonus episode of game pass or pass. We'll see you next time with a regular episode on some game pass games. Good day, sirs. <laughs>